This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement planning. Well, hello once again, and welcome back to the Retire Happy Podcast. Great to have you with us, Walter Storholt here alongside John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial, serving you throughout the San Diego area with an office there on Trina Street, conveniently off Interstate 15 next to Scripps Ranch High School. Find out all about the podcast and about John by going to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. John, thanks for joining us once again on the podcast. Great to chat with you as always. How you been? Great, great. How are you, Walter? Oh, doing pretty well. I'm, I'm fresh off of vacation, so I should be pretty energized, right? I am jealous. <laughs> I am jealous. Got to uh, put the feet in the sand for a little while, and uh, it was uh, very nice. So got to ride uh, my first time riding in a dune buggy, which was pretty exciting, too. So That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds it, like a fun trip. If you've never done it, do it. Ride in a dune buggy. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've got some great things to talk about on today's program. In fact, we're going to cover a lot of ground today. We've got lots of different little segments we're going to throw your direction. We're going to take a question from Jeff about retiring early a little bit later on in the show. And our main topic today is going to be talking about summer and vacation. And what we can learn is we might prepare for our summer vacations this year, what we can learn from that and apply to our financial and retirement lives. So lots to dive into. And we'll set the tone with a fun quote of the month this time around, John. And uh, this comes to us from John Bogle, the uh, founder of Vanguard, well-respected gentleman in the financial world. He says, if you have trouble imagining a 20% loss in the stock market, you shouldn't be invested in stocks. What do you take from, from that quote? How should we internalize that today? That is a great quote. Great quote. And, you know, the reason why I like that quote is it really does set a good expectation. There is no such thing as a safe stock. You know, some of the largest S&P stocks lost well over 75% of their value in the last crash. And I think for a lot of people that come into my office, especially retirees, it's a totally different ballgame of investing. Your livelihood depends on this money. I think a lot of people come in and they get the warm and fuzzies about how the market is right now. And they think stocks is the way to be. But uh, history has shown us and behavioral finance has shown us that while we enjoy gains, we absolutely dread the loss. So you have to look at the flip side of the coin. If you're not willing to uh, wager, you know, at least 20 percent of your holdings and stocks may not be the right place for you. So using that old gambling analogy, if uh, if you're not comfortable at the $100 table, then you, you shouldn't be there. Yeah, that's a great point. Sort of uh, swim in the pool that you're most comfortable with. You, As you're a kid, you stay in the kiddie pool, then you grow up and you can move on into the, uh, the adult pool. Or maybe if you want to make it, since we're going to be talking about summer vacations this year, it's like the, uh, the water park, right? You start on the smaller slides when you're a little bit younger, and then as you get the stomach for it, you go to you know the big daredevil drops and those kinds of things. Oddly enough, though, something kind of interesting, and maybe this is a bit of an aside, but something fun here, John, as you get to a certain age, sometimes you also regress a little bit and you start losing the appetite for being on those big rides again. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I use my wife as a perfect example. Uh, a couple of years ago, she wanted to go to Magic Mountain. She was bugging me for the longest time to go to Magic Mountain because she used to love going on all the, the great, crazy roller coasters. So here we are, you know, up in uh, the Los Angeles area at Magic Mountain, and about a quarter of the way through the day, she was done. <laughs> so <laughs> Had to call uh, it quits, yeah. huh? Things change. 
Yeah, that's very true. So keep that in mind as we go through the today's show of, you know, your mentality, your attitude, your approach, and does it match, does it line up with actuality, with reality, with how you are truly invested in saving and operating in the financial world, also how you're operating in and with your relationships as well. And that's going to be an important piece of the puzzle that we talk about today as well. Since we're going to be in a few moments talking about planning a summer vacation and also how we're planning for retirement and the lessons we can draw between those two things, John. I thought it'd be fun if maybe you could tell us a story about when spouses see things differently. Growing up, I remember my parents, the uh, time that they argued, the times that they argued and gotten the worst fights were always when we were traveling to see family around Christmas or you know other times of the year when we would do a big, long road trip, whether it be in the summer or the winter. And it was always just so funny that that was their trigger. Whenever we went on a big road trip, that was when they would get in the biggest arguments. Well, and, of course, it's confined space with how many kids? Right, right. And someone eventually <laughs> always takes a wrong turn or makes a suggestion that takes us on a bad path. And there I am in the back seat looking at the map, trying to find the most creative way to get to the destination. And of course, that's driving dad crazy because he just wants the fastest way and stay on the main roads and all that sort of stuff. But I would always try and play mediator, though, as they would start to you know blow their tops a little bit and say, look, we only lost 10 minutes. It's guys. It's not that big a right. deal in the grand scheme. And, and there things. was no ways back then. It was, you know, you, you had your course plotted out on the map until you had to, to switch uh, the pages. Exactly. Uh, yes. The pages of the Atlas, right? Um, right. Right. The Atlas was so much better than a foldable map, by the way. Uh, <laughs> another aside there, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, maybe expand this to the retirement and financial world. Tell us about a time when you've had to help settle disagreements between spouses and uh, as it relates to their retirement plan. And that's a great concept because it happens fairly often actually. And the biggest conflict I actually see is giving money to the kids. And not too long ago, I I had uh, some clients of mine in and um, the conflict had come up because the wife had taken money from her IRA to help pay off her daughter's credit card debt. Now they both had separate advisors and this was in the past before they started working with me. And so she took the money from the IRA and never told him. And he found out because he does their taxes. So he saw the distribution. And yeah, that caused a lot of conflict. And even, you know, this was about a year prior to them even coming to see me. And it was still simmering, you know, underneath. And, you know, the problem was, is everybody has their what I call their different one, three, four, their different life experiences. And he was obviously upset that he looked at the credit card debt as being reckless. He had told his daughter about being fiscally responsible and not keeping up with the Joneses because the daughter liked those brand names that she couldn't afford, right? The Gucci's, the Prada's. And he had warned her before about that. And she had a different experience in the past where she had credit card debt and she was once a young girl that wanted those nice things too. And no one ever helped her out. So she looked at her daughter as being a great daughter. She had a athletic scholarship, so they didn't have to pay for college. So she looked at it as, listen, this is going to be the one time I helped my daughter out, but she knew her husband's stance on it. So she just figured, Hey, you know, I'll just, it's my money. I'll help the daughter out. And uh, they caused some conflict there. And, you know, ultimately I said, you know, we were able to settle it by saying, you know, 
everybody's experience in the past was different. You know, and she looked at it from, listen, I didn't use our joint account. I made the decision. So it was my money. And, you know, they both want the best for their daughter. And he actually said, listen, I had I known the debt would have been that bad, I would have stepped in and helped. But just talk to me next time. And that was the biggest thing was just, you know, the lines of communication. And even after I think they've been together 37 years, you know, sometimes that line of communication is still not open all the time. So, you know, I think, you know, we helped out by saying, listen, everyone had good intentions. I, I think the communication just needed to be better. And guess what, folks? Next time, if there's conflict, if you guys are kind of worried about that, you can bounce the idea off me and let me be the bad guy. And they both chuckled it. And, you know, we were able to resolve the conflict right there. And that's really, you know, a big part of our practice too, is helping out people just live happy. And sometimes that financial coaching and that life coaching intersects. And, you know, not that I need to be coaching people on a 37 year marriage. My wife and I are, are going on nine years but it's sometimes just that outside perspective that helps a little bit. Sometimes and, uh, it's you know, that reset. In this case, yeah. it worked great. Yeah, pressing the reset button, kind of everybody recalibrating a little bit and then you know starting the conversation again. And also it just underlines the importance of that initial plan being as good as it can possibly be. And I know that that was always my parents' struggle. You know, we'd get advice on directions from family. I mean, we're talking 12-hour road trips and then even 24-hour road trips that we'd split across two days. But that's two long days of driving with a lot of twists and turns back in the pre-GPS days. So you'd get different guidance different advice from different people on what was the best route to take. And then you'd look at the map and say, well, this road's a little thicker, so it should be a faster, better highway. And then you don't know what the traffic's going to be like in those places. So you had an okay plan, but not the best plan. And nowadays I have noticed a correlation with the increase in technology, a little bit of a decrease in the amount of arguments that occur when I do travel with my folks still, if we're all in the same car or even caravanning these days, and we might go on a trip together, you notice that there's a little bit less stress happening. And I think I think it's because the plan is better, one, because of the years of experience of doing the same routes over and over, but two, when there are you know things that happen along the way, like making a wrong turn, getting on the wrong exit, or an accident up ahead, we've got technology that alerts us and gets us back on track with right. those things. And I think that's a really important thing to realize is uh, with a better plan in place, we can eliminate some of these disagreements, get on the same page, and have a more successful conclusion and journey along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's turn it into that more fun direction and talk a little bit about planning that maybe summer vacation as we record this episode here sort of at the cusp of summer. You may be listening to it on a road trip this summer. How cool would that be? And also how that relates to your retirement, because as you're preparing to plan out, I'm sure you're running through a checklist of items in your head. You're, uh, if you're going to be going on a road trip, you're probably doing what we just talked about, determining that route. But there's other things that come into play as you prep for that vacation. And then John will tell us how these things relate to the retirement world. And the first and sometimes hardest part, John, is you got a whole world from which to decide where you're going to go. And that's really the first challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that we're talking about this topic because this morning my wife threw about six different vacation ideas at breakfast at me. I mean, everything from we're big country music fans. So she wanted to go to the CMA Fest next year in Nashville for five days. And then then it went on to a, a Caribbean cruise or maybe 
staying at a, a place in Turks or going to Alaska. So she had me all over the place and, or maybe even going to visit my sister in Michigan. You know, every one of those trips is radically different and take radically different planning and costs. So, you know, kind of ironic that we're talking about that here a few hours later. But I think, uh, and I use this a lot as, as a great parallel to uh, retirement. You know, you plan a trip, you take your time and you do your research. I don't think, you know, very few people can wing a trip, right? Those free souls. I certainly can't. I have to have plans. I'm a very regimented person. But, you know, in retirement, you need to know where you're going to go, what you're going to do. And, you know, if you can afford it, because as we say, there's two totally different retirements you can live. You know, you can live that I'm just going to garden and hang out with the grandkids, or I'm going to go see the world. And both of them come with much different costs. So I, I always tell people, you need to have a retirement vision. Sit down, enjoy our beautiful San Diego weather, have a cup of coffee and say, what is our retirement going to look like? What do you envision? And I think that's a very, very important first step in taking. Well, there's this sort of old adage about how people spend more time planning a vacation than they do their entire retirement. And it may be exaggerating a little bit, but there's probably some truth behind that. I guess you're the best person to, to ask about that, John, being a, an advisor who's meeting with people all the time. And how much time is put into it before people come in to meet with you? Is it something that they've, because I know it was hours and hours and hours that we planned for our last big trip, sort of mapping out our route and everywhere we were going to go and all the best places to eat everywhere. I mean, it was it was a chore just <laughs> prepping for the trip. Now, to me, it's part of the fun, but still, it's, uh, it's a lot of effort compared to maybe just sort of mindlessly adding and contributing to a 401k, that's great, but you're not really putting a whole lot of thought into it. And all of a sudden, oh, retirement's here. What do we do now? Right, right. And, you know, it's funny because I use that old adage that more people uh, plan a vacation than they do social security claiming. And yeah, you know, everyone's different. There are certainly people who aren't prepared retirement you know, caught up, they did their due diligence and saved, but now all of a sudden, you know, life was just so busy. And I think we can all relate to that. You know, you have your job, you have your, your family life. And, you know, the next thing you know, you know, don't blink and retirement's here. And you don't know how you're going to turn your assets into a predictable stream of income. You don't know what lies ahead. And, you know, that takes at some point in time, you can't bury your head in the sand and just say everything's going to be all right. You do have to have a plan for this next phase of your life. Because first of all, every day is Saturday. And using the old words of Tom Hegna, you know, when do you get your nails done? When do you go to Home Depot? When do you go to Costco? It's Saturday. Well, every day is Saturday. So retirement can get very expensive. The other thing you have to do is you have to realize that there's a lot of different risks. Like you were saying, you know, accidents ahead, you know, when you're on your road trips, things are going to happen to you good and bad in retirement. That's life. And I do see a lot of people that sometimes they just want to bury their head in the sand and say, it's not going to happen to me. But you have to have that contingency plan. You have to understand what lies ahead in retirement. And, you know, when you're sitting, you're talking to your spouse, you may not know that your spouse may not want to travel the world. And so having that talk and just, you know, starting that initial planning is a huge step forward. 
Well, that's the step one, planning your summer vacation, decide where you're going to go. Same thing with retirement. What are you going to do during your retirement? And it's going to dictate the rest of the steps along the way. Now, we did touch on this. Determining your route is sort of our second point when you plan your summer vacation. But there's a couple of important you know, branches to this point because we talked about the technology change when it comes to planning for a vacation and how now we have GPSs and Google Maps that you know make things a little bit easier trying to get from point A to point B. What have been some of the technological changes maybe in retirement that have also changed in a similar fashion? And as you are putting together that route to get to your destination, what about getting to and through retirement as well? Well, you know, technology, I think the biggest thing that's changing about retirement is, you know, you have the robo-advisors and you get a lot of people saying, you know, I, I can save some money here. I don't have to work with an advisor. We can use a robo-advisor. And they don't realize that there's a fundamental change that from your accumulation, your working years, investing and financial planning as a whole is completely different than in retirement. So, you know, there's a lot of information out there, but I think, you know, the planning and using a robo advisor or something like that, you're, you're going to miss out on a lot of contingencies that could happen that the robo advisor that's just focusing on your investments isn't going to worry about. And that's, you know, your financial advisors there to maybe resolve some monetary conflicts in the family or look out for things that could destroy your nest egg. All important little things to consider and to think about. And since we spent a lot of time on that one determining your route, well, we can leave it there and move on to the next point. And this one's a fun one, I think, John, although we talked about some spousal disagreements a little bit earlier on. This one can be a cause for that, too. You know, who controls the audio in the car, right? I mean, what are we going to listen to on the trip? And I know it's always an argument between my wife and I of, does the control belong to the driver or does the navigator, you know, get to choose what's going to be on the uh, on the speakers? Right. Yeah, exactly. We have that in, in the car with the kids all the time. Can I watch my movie? And we just want to listen to, to the radio. So the struggle is real. What about the financial connection, the equivalent of trying to decide what you're going to listen to on the radio on your summer vacation to the retirement world? Well, I tell people, you know, People get inundated with advice from friends, Facebook. You know, I'll be watching my cable news networks at night and you'll hear, you know, all the doom and gloomers or invest in gold and silver. And, and all this information can get confusing. And, you know, you think you're watching a good business, you know, cable news. And, you know, I, I tell people to really take the mass media stuff with a grain of salt. You know, the media is there partially as advertisement, you know, we're hoping we're getting good information from them. But, you know, no matter what network you're watching, they're going to have their motives. And they may be getting paid by some industries. So I always tell people to take the mass media with a grain of salt, you know, listening to your family and your friends, you know, is good. It's always good to get advice from other people, but when you're taking advice from family and friends, I always tell people that what's good for them is not always good for you. You know, I've got my dad, for instance, you know, he's a, an 80s, 90s stock guy, you know, and he was 30 years as a, a CFP. He loves the stock market. He loves risk. And I am a little bit more of a conservative investor myself, you know, even being 30 years younger than him. So it's always good 
to get their ideas, but ultimately you're going to have to research on your own and find what's a good fit for you. You know, and the same thing goes for, here's a story where I had a client who said that this article was going around her work and it was an article where they were saying, collect social security at 62, take that check and invest it. And at 6%, you can actually outpace your social security. And I told her, I said, that's, that's pretty brazen. The, you know, the article's telling you, number one, you're going you're gonna to actually take that money and invest it. And number two, you're actually going to get a 6% rate of return through and through. And, you know, in that case, their coworkers weren't seeing, you know, the fact that Social Security is very expensive money because it creates a predictable and sustainable income stream. And, you know, we had a discussion that you're essentially taking away a guarantee that Social Security will provide and replacing it with a, a hope that you're going to get 6%. What if you don't get 6%? And, you know, I think that was a great example of my client you know, doing her due diligence where, hey, she took it. It sounded like a great idea, but then she went and did her research. And when we showed her the numbers and we actually have software that can break down what your rate of return would have to be. And, you know, she quickly realized and went back and told her coworkers, you might want to think twice about that. It's a great example of how that can sometimes be a complicating factor. You know, who you're going to listen to, where you're going to get that advice and that guidance. And there's so many different resources available to us today. It's, it's I don't think that's going to get any easier to try and figure out that whole decide who you're going to listen to factor because there's just so many voices out there and it's just becoming easier and easier for more voices to get added to the fray. So just have to be really careful with who you're going to listen to in retirement. Last but not least, John, if we're going on a road trip, one thing can come in real handy, if, especially if it's going to be a lot of driving all day long. That's the good old cruise control button. And boy, there are many times where cruise control will just save you a little bit of energy and effort. It can be very helpful and a good tool to use on the trip. And now they've got this thing, adaptive cruise control. I don't know. I tend to drive later, older vehicles. I don't put a lot of money into vehicles, but whenever I go on a trip where we're renting a car and it tends to be a newer one, I get introduced to like, Oh, so they've added this to vehicles now kind of reaction. You know, and we were, right. we were driving, uh, we, we were in Oregon and we were driving down the road and I had the cruise control on and I was coming up on a car in front of me and all of a sudden the car just started slowing down on its own. And it freaked me out at first. I had no idea what was going on but until I realized that it was the, my first time driving an adaptive cruise control vehicle. And it was just really bizarre how it kept, you know, it just it knew that the car was in front of me and kept adapting to the speed of the one ahead of me. It was it was pretty wild. So it's kind of interesting how, you know, sometimes those things kick in without you even knowing about them. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think that's the key to having peace of mind and happiness in retirement. And it's, it's actually been well-documented that people that have that predictable and sustainable income streams, that no matter what happens in the markets, they know that their paycheck's going to be there, right? Some people are lucky enough to have that through pensions. Other people have to find ways like maximizing your Social Security or coming up with financial vehicles that will develop that predictable and sustainable income stream. And, you know, 2018 was a great example of that because we saw some volatility in the market and, you know, from July through the end of the year, we had about an 18% drop in the market. And, you know, those people that 
our clients of ours, they realize that, hey, you know, this is a real life scenario. We don't have to so much worry about what's going on in the market because we've developed and we've maximized and we we have the most efficient income stream possible. That part of our our bucket there is kind of a, a set it and forget it. It is on cruise control. Now, you know, the other stuff, yes, you know, we'll address, but income is the outcome in retirement. You know, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't turn it into an efficient income strategy, both vehicle-wise and tax-wise, you're going to have a lot less money over time. Lots of great things to be thinking about, and that gives you a pretty good overview of if you're planning for a summer vacation this year, also start thinking about your retirement. It's never too early to begin thinking about that, whether you're only a year or two away or maybe more. That's okay. But start thinking about it. Start planning. Start asking yourself some of these questions. Where are we going to go? What route are we going to take to get there? Who are we going to listen to? Where are we going to get that advice on not just the best places to eat on our vacation, but what's the proper way to plan? for retirement? And when can we use cruise control? Is that something we want to strive for? Adaptive cruise control actually is a great comparison to what you want to achieve in the financial world, right? Put it on that cruise control, but needing to have some moving parts in there that can adapt to a changing environment around you. It's another great parallel between these two things. So just let this podcast be a reminder to you this year as you're taking those trips and having some fun to keep in the back of your mind planning for the future. And hopefully some of these questions will be a good trigger for you. If it triggers you to the point where you'd like to have a deeper conversation about your retirement plan, we do encourage you to reach out to John Amarino with your questions. You can find information on how to contact him through the website, gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. Or by calling John at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. Speaking of John, it's time to get to know him just a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. So this week's fun question that I'll pose to John is, if you could trade places with somebody for one day, John, who would it be? Anybody of your choice? Well, I am a huge baseball fan. So that person would be Mike Trout. <laughs> Hands nice. down. Yes. For uh, a couple reasons. Hey, yeah, I got to get the I, reasons. Is it is it to hit the big home run or, you know, what's the, well, what's of the motivation? Course, of course. Yeah, I mean, the guy's just an absolute stud. He can hit, he can throw, he can catch. I mean, he's the total package. You know, I think we're really looking at the, you know, he's the Mickey Mantle of our era. So being a huge baseball fan, always one, you know, growing up playing baseball, you know, that was my dream was to, was to be a big league player and having actual friends who did play in the big leagues and being able to live a little bit vicariously through them over time and knowing how hard it is to be at that level, just to be at that level. You know, the guys that we say stink and he is way above them. And, uh, you know, who wouldn't want to be able to hit a ball 475 feet jump you know, uh, jump a fence, steal a base and, uh, and at the same time, make a half a billion dollars doing it. (laughs) And, uh, it wouldn't hurt either. But one, one thing I'd really do. And another thing why I'd want to be Mike Trout is the way he carries himself. He's 27 and, you know, he's been in the big leagues since he was a 21 year old. And I think we can, can all agree that that type of fame can really corrupt someone at any age, but especially, in their early twenties. And, you know, he lives close enough to LA, but he's not Hollywood. He's just a really low key guy. He's grounded. 
you know, he's going to stay with one team probably his whole career unless he was uh, traded. And you don't see that too often. And, you know, but the one thing that I absolutely love about him, and I saw a piece on him, he always goes out to the field and he picks one kid and he plays catch with at the beginning of games. And that's awesome. That's something that, you know, I think he's a great ambassador for uh, the game of baseball. And, and I just really admire the way he carries himself and the way he approaches not only the game, but the fans. That's a great point. And on the money aspect, you know, he made, I think it was $33 million last year, just from the salary, not including, I don't think endorsements and all those other things, but you know, so if you were him for one day, you know, we divide 33 mil by uh, 365 days, you're at almost a hundred thousand dollars just from, from one day of being Mike Trout. So that's not bad. That'd be a great day. Right. Well, don't get too excited. <laughs> he does play in California. Right. So, so true. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't make that much. hundred thousand is cut in half real quick, <laughs> real quick with our taxes. Oh man. Maybe he'll, uh, he'll pay the taxes for you as a you know generous gift to you for being him for a day. Something like that. Yes. I don't know. The next day he'll pay taxes, you know, it's not an right. everyday thing. Too funny. Well, uh, there you go. Mike Trout. That's who uh, John would be if he could switch places for just a day. Not a bad pick. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Time to answer one of your questions here on the Retire Happy Podcast. And it's a short and sweet one. It comes to us from Jeff. And Jeff says, I want to retire in five years when I turn 55. Is that a bad idea? Uh, you know, Jeff, it's not if you have at least a couple million dollars. You know, if you're going to retire at 55, they say the uh, the successful withdrawal rate for a 40-year retirement is 1.49%. So that means if you want just $30,000 a year to take out, that you're going to need at least $2 million. 55 is a young age to retire these days. You know, that and you could very well spend half of your life retired. And while that's good, I think that, you know, I do have some young retirees. They're, they're public safety employees that have that pension. So you better have a really good pension or you better have a lot of money because, you know, once you leave that workforce, it's awfully hard to get back into it, both from your personal standpoint and from a working standpoint. And even those people that do leave, I encourage them to do some volunteer work or some part-time, you know, turn a part-time hobby into a profession just to keep yourself sharp. You know, science has shown, there's been a lot of studies that have shown that, you know, people have retired too young and have just kind of gone into a, a sedentary life that their mental decline has happened a lot quicker, you know, because they just, shut it all down. So if you are going to retire from work, you know, do some volunteer work, do something to keep yourself active and keep your mind sharp. That's a really good point. There's a lot of considerations as we've talked about just in this one podcast to think about when it comes to retirement. Then when you talk about doing it early, it just complicates or exacerbates all of those other things, right, John? So it just it just adds to the number of problems that need to be solved to figure out that retirement solution. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Well, if you have any questions about anything we've talked about on today's show, John, happy to answer those questions for you. Talk to you a little bit about your particular situation. 
give you some customized guidance on your own plan. You can call again at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. And we're always online at gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platforms, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Check us out on your favorite podcasting apps and subscribe so you never miss an episode. John, thanks for the help on this week's program. Had a lot of fun, and we'll talk to you again next time. Absolutely. Take care, Walter. All right, you do as well. That's John Amarino. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time about more holistic retirement planning, how you can learn about how to achieve that yourself. We'll talk about it again next time coming up on the Retire Happy Podcast. Thanks for being with us. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine and future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.